your serve your members, serve the people you are serving and serve them well. Mm-hmm. Take the time to really that's where you should be devoting most of your time because those are going to be your biggest ambassadors. And yes, mm-hmm. in the beginning, it feels frustrating because it's slow because you have to pro- not prove, but show the people what you can do, show your clients, and then hopefully they'll go and tell their friends and it's word of mouth marketing. So as soon as I wrap my brain around that and I, and I was like, okay, that is right. Like, what do you love to do? I love to serve people and help people in the fitness realm. If you want to make more sales without the pressure to post on social media, I made this podcast specifically for you. I'm Leslie Stevens, and this is the Not an Influencer and Impact Maker podcast, where we talk about other organic marketing strategies to bring more clients into your online business and the stories of the incredible entrepreneurs who are using these strategies in their businesses every day to create success. You do not have to be an influencer to be an impact maker and build a successful online business. Today, you are in for a treat because we get to chat with Carly. Carly, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Um, My name is Carly Fauf and I am a fitness mentor. Um, I work with people to help them find the joy in fitness. I also am founder of the Fit Fund community and the, the basis of that is fun fitness in 15 minutes. So more consistency, less time, for exercise during your day. And the whole focus is on really giving people the opportunity to have little tidbits of fitness. So it takes the stress out of fitness so they can fit it into their schedule, into their busy schedule, because we all have 15 minutes. I don't care how busy you are. We can find 15 minutes. Absolutely. And it's so essential to get that movement in during the day. But I love what you do because you also make it fun. And I think a lot of people feel so much resistance to exercise because it's uncomfortable. So we don't quickly relate it with fun. So how did you get started with this business and deciding to go this route? So I was a fitness instructor for Um, I've been a fitness instructor for about a decade and I've taught everything under the sun. Um, and I started, but I've been a consistent exerciser my entire life, but it hasn't always been in the form of like going to the gym. It's been just being active and doing things that I like and love. Um, so I started to think about like what, but I started to see a lot of my clients had little stumbling blocks on staying consistent because they weren't finding the things that they actually like to do. So then it was becoming something like another chore that they had to get done. So I started mm-hmm. thinking, what is it that I that I did to make my life revolve around fitness in a really healthy way? So I realized then that like looking at all the classes that I was teaching, there was not one of them that I really had a huge passion for. I loved all of them, but not one more than the other. And I realized that um, my passion came from just helping people have fun with what they were doing. So I could take I mean, I, I teach yoga, bar, hit. I started an aqua fitness company. So I can pretty much take anything, I think, any form of fitness and really make it something that um, people want to do by introducing fun techniques, mindset, um, taking off the pressure of things that you like. If you can't do this, you can do this. If this doesn't feel good in your body, lean into this. So mm-hmm. I really came um, about my, I, I found my purpose just really focusing on my past history with fitness and, and figuring out what I love to do and how I could transfer that and help other people find what they like to do because everybody's different. Fitness is not one size fits all. 
Yeah, absolutely not. But I also no. love that you you take this fun element and like what you said, it's like, okay, if this doesn't really feel right, if this mm -hmm. doesn't really feel good, like kind of figure it out with you and your body and your life and things like that. And that's, that's missing so much in fitness because we think we, Oh, we need to finish this. We need to do this one plan. We need to finish this class mm -hmm. done in this specific way. We need to show up at least like three to five times a week or else we failed and things like that. And I love that you take this individual approach of mindset and like integrating these different elements into it. So one, like you could have 10 people taking a class, but they could all have a different experience because their fun is different than somebody else's fun. Mm -hmm. Like I know when I was exercising, sometimes my fun was seeing how absolutely hard I could possibly go. Yes. And then other times it was, okay, how can I take a step back and still enjoy this and still want to do this? It's like at different phases of your life, you need those different elements too. And I love how you've gotten so creative with it. And I think using your own experience of like, how, what was I doing that made this so great for mm -hmm. me? And mm -hmm. then guiding other people through it is so, so powerful. So how do you feel like this really transforms your clients with this approach rather than, I guess you would say, just like a traditional class at a gym? Yeah, so it, it kind of goes back to the whole instructor experience that I was having. Sure, I love to pack a class and I love to be in front of a class and teach everyone like, as an instructor, that's kind of like a high, but like you, to your point, there's so many different people and personalities and perspective, perspectives in the class. I was always really interested to know each individual and what they were bringing to the class. And that's really hard as an instructor of a huge class, unless you take the time to know your students. So that's why I started to get to create this idea of how I could work with individuals to figure out what exactly it is that they love to do so that we can incorporate that more into their lives, which involves really, I work with people in the one-on-one -on -one capacity and the Fit Fund community. But when I'm working with the, my one-on-one -on -one clients, we take a deep dive into like their past history with fitness, come clean with their schedules because everybody wants to say like, yeah, I'm going to work out an hour a day for five days a week. Great. That sounds mm -hmm. great on paper, but if you're not going to do that, let's not even put that on the table and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's use the time you have and, and use that to develop a plan that you can stay consistent with realistically, something that doesn't make you feel like you're missing out on other aspects of your life, something that doesn't tire you out. We take into account everything that makes you unique, everything that is your life, and how do we seamlessly fit fitness into that? So in a gym, and nothing against gyms, like I, I love, I've been to gyms, I loved going to a gym, I taught in gyms and studios, that is kind of like you're, you're teaching to a big class. So you have your class schedule, and then the person comes and goes home. But mm -hmm. so this is a little different, because I work specifically with the individual to create a plan that works for them. And sometimes it does involve going to a gym or a studio. I'm not necessarily pushing people to work out with me. I'm mm -hmm. taking what's available to them and what they like to do and helping them fit it into their life. 
Yeah, that like that's such a beautiful like composition of a business, especially when it comes to something so unique as this. Mm-hmm. And you are extremely knowledgeable about all of this in the way you do your business. When you started this, was there anything that felt kind of unexpected to you or you didn't a challenge that you didn't expect to face in starting this business? There were a lot of challenges. And let me go ahead and say that I never, ever thought that I would ever own my own business. It's it's not that I didn't want to. It's that I truly did not have the confidence to do it. And I just thought like, no, I, I can't do it. That's not for me. So I had to build that confidence. And I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that you see on, especially in fitness, on, in social media, all these people putting out fitness plans, there's all these influencers and it's really easy to start to feel really small because Mm -hmm. you're seeing that they're feeding the masses and they have these programs that everybody's buying into and they have such a following and you're like, where do I fit into this? I thought that if I started posting on Instagram all the time and I really got my message fine tuned and if I just really put it out there, everyone would come flocking to me because why why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And then what I realized is like it, it's a lot of work to stand out from the pack. And I also realized that my business model is not meant for the masses and mm-hmm. that's fine. So it really isn't a, it really isn't a business that is really meant to be pushed out in that way because it is an investment of your money. It's an investment of your time and it is a one-on-one experience, which I, that's the most important thing about my business. So I had to really, um, I had to like pull my big girl pants up when I got discouraged and be like, okay, yes, that's not working for you, but that's not the only way to go about doing this. Like really thinking outside the box and, and letting go of that, like, comparing yourself to other people because those people aren't even in my in my Mm -hmm. realm like that's not me yeah definitely and it's hard it's hard to kind of step back and be like just because they did it that way doesn't mean that I have to do it and that takes another level of confidence as well like you first created that confidence to start the business and then you have to grow this next level of confidence to be like okay this isn't working that's okay because Mm -hmm. I can find another way so could you share with us what ways you found that did end up working for you? Yeah. So what I really, and I, and I got advice from a lot of people on this. They're like, serve your, serve your members, serve the people you are serving and serve them. Well, Mm -hmm. take the time to really, that's where you should be devoting most of your time because those are going to be your biggest ambassadors. And yes, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, it feels frustrating because it's slow because you have to not prove, but show the people what you can do, show your clients, and then hopefully they'll go and tell their friends and it's word of mouth marketing. So as soon as I wrapped my brain around that and I, and I was like, okay, that is right. Like, what do you love to do? I love to serve people and help people in the fitness realm in that capacity. So as soon as I accepted the fact that like, that's where I should be devoting my energy and then help my clients speak to their friends Mm-hmm. and spread that way. It's a, I found that the quality of the people that wanted, I was attracting what I was giving out. So it was mm-hmm. people that wanted to work with me who, who were ready to work with me and I was ready to work with them. It was just more of a, a quality flow. So once mm-hmm. I, once I got comfortable with that, that it wasn't going to be this like big explosion of clients, <laughs> less is more mm-hmm. like take it, take it slow and just fine tune your program, make it better ask your clients what they want, ask your clients for their feedback. I started to grow and 
that's probably been my biggest lesson. I wish I, I wish I trusted mm -hmm. myself more with that in the beginning. Yeah. And that was so beautifully said. I went through the same exact experience. So I love that you're speaking about this and being in marketing now, that's the biggest piece that people are missing is that internal marketing. And it's like making sure you're doing a good job and providing mm -hmm. an incredible service and it will do the work for you. But like you said, it's not that cool, sexy, like big bang, like I'm going to get no. all of these people interested and they're all going to want to work with me. Because when you bring it back to reality, you're like, would I really be even serving people the way I would want to? If I right. had a hundred people come to me this week, would I be able to provide the type of service I would really want to provide or would it be overwhelming? Would it not be mm -hmm. an enjoyable experience for me or for the people that I'm trying to serve? So like respecting where you're at in business is like the biggest secret weapon, which mm -hmm. should not be a secret at all. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, but you found that and you leaned into it mm -hmm. and that has created your success. And that's that that's what creates a long term business, not mm -hmm. the business that just looks good on Instagram for as long as you're posting on Instagram. It's right. the business that has that strong foundation. Like you are laying the brick day by day, like you are showing up and doing mm -hmm. the reps every single day giving people the quality of service and it allows you to focus on the things that you really enjoy in your business, which is serving people because mm -hmm. we get distracted by all of these marketing methods and we're like, Oh, we need to do that. And we need to do what they're doing and all of this. And then we end up doing less of what we actually started our business for mm -hmm. than actually working with clients and serving our clients. And I, I just love that you've done this and you've been able to create this for yourself. So for people who are struggling with their confidence in the beginning of their business and they are trying to post on Instagram and it's not working, can you give them any tips on how that they can start to cultivate this confidence in themselves? I think just really accepting the fact that you're going to fail and not everything is going to be, don't be so afraid of making a mistake because when you really look at social media, especially if we're talking about social media, you put stuff out there, honestly, not very many people are seeing it. And even if they are, they're probably not remembering it. So if you put something up and you don't like it, you can always delete it. And mm -hmm. also just giving yourself the permission to try things. And the biggest thing for me was just learning how to take a no. Like it, not everyone is going to be interested in what you have to offer and don't take it personally. It's nothing against you. Every no is just building you up and it's going to make you feel so much better when you get that yes. And it's going to make that yes feel so much better. So mm -hmm. yeah, just having the confidence to just put yourself out there and try. I think a lot of people hold back because they're so afraid of how they're going to appear and if they're, they're going to make a mistake and then it's going to be the end of the world. And like, you, you got to let go of that or you're never going to push forward. It's like getting, it's like, it's exactly how I teach people with fitness. It's just getting out of your comfort zone and mm -hmm. pushing yourself to that new edge each time. And then you learn a little bit more and a little bit more. But if you don't have the confidence to try things, it's, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. You're going to learn so much more by doing things and oh, allowing yourself 100%. to make those mistakes than trying to come up with the perfect plan or making sure you have the perfect marketing strategy. Like get up, 
start doing things, mm-hmm. start messing up. Like I probably mess up at least once a day. If I haven't <laughs> messed up today, then I haven't pushed myself or I haven't mm-hmm. got out of there. And I think that's a skill. I think learning how to accept the no is, is a skill. Nobody wants to hear no. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to hear, oh, I don't want to work with you or we're not the right fit. But I highly encourage people to kind of look for the no because mm-hmm. we want people to be saying no because that means we're, we're going after a specific person that we can help that can get the best results from what we provide. So mm-hmm. the more no's we get, the more specific we're getting about the people who we can work with. And maybe you're just not talking to the right people yet. Oh, yes. But there are billions of people in this world. And maybe yes. it just takes a little bit of getting clarity on your part about how you're communicating it. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at like, okay, if people keep saying no, then maybe I need to be more clear about what I'm talking about. So those no's are giving you great information. So go out, go get more no's mm-hmm. and you'll get to those yeses quicker and mm-hmm. figure it out. So how did you deal with getting no's? Oh, it was horrible in the beginning. Like it would really like I being an entrepreneur, the roller coaster is like, woo, and like I really used <laughs> to get high and I used to get so low. So my goal was to just kind of like have an even plateau which is still a struggle for me because I get super excited when I have the, the, um, the almost like the tease of a yes, where it's not, it's not firm yet. Like the deal hasn't gone through, but you just have like, Oh, maybe. And then I get excited if it doesn't go through, I still struggle with that. But I think it's just, you know what I do? I keep a, um, a folder, like a Google document folder in my uh, computer. And I take all the testimonials, the emails I get from people, I'll even, if I have a conversation with someone, I'll jot down some of what they said and I keep it in there. So on the days where I'm feeling like everyone's saying no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can open up that folder and refresh myself and be like, no, look at all these people that I'm helping. And a constant reflection on, okay, maybe those people said no, but look at the lives I've changed of the people that I work with. And would you trade that for anything? No. So that, like you said, that person that said no wasn't a good fit for a variety of reasons. And also knowing that they may be a no now, but it's important to keep the door open because they may be a yes later. I've had very many clients who have first said no, and then later on ended up saying, you know what, I think I need to give this a try. So never, never um, taking no personally and shutting someone out, take the no, keep the door open, check on people every once in a while, like nurture people in a, in a really um, authentic way. Not in a salesy mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I, I have a good things folder too. It's that proof, yes. that proof yes. that it's like, okay, I am doing the right thing. I am doing what I set out to do. It's okay to hear mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not be perfect and all of these things, which as an entrepreneur, you're never going to be perfect. It's all a learning experience. You need Mm -hmm. to let yourself be able to grow. And I love that you talked about keeping the door open because it's thinking about how do you purchase things? Sometimes you reach out to somebody because you want to get more information, but maybe the kids are starting school or Mm -hmm. maybe you have a big life change coming up. Maybe it's something you are interested in. It's just not a right now. And mm-hmm. allowing yourself to keep that door open. And again, being authentic mm-hmm. with like being like, hey, I can support you whenever you're ready. 
mm-hmm. going about it that way instead of being like, they said, no, I'm done. Like yeah. <laughs> you still want to make sure that's part of your brand. Mm-hmm. The experience people are having with you, even if they are a no, it's like, how are you still making them feel? If you make them feel like empowered to say no and not right now and she'll be there when I need her. Like Carly was so gracious when I wasn't ready, but I know when I am ready, I'm going to go back to her because of the way she made me feel like Mm -hmm. it's all about keeping that open mindset and a no isn't a no forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is the best advice you have ever gotten in the process of building your business? Oh, that's a good one. I've gotten so um, much good advice, but I think the, I think the best advice that I've ever gotten was to make sure I am creating a great product before I put the mark. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. Like, don't start marketing something. Make sure it's a good product, and then have the work speak for itself. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, probably the other thing too, is what I talked about before. Was not trying not to go on the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur and trying to stay very steady, and knowing that things are going to be low, but it only means that you can go back up again. And I and I truly believe that if you're not ready to handle that you're probably not cut out for owning your own business and it's okay not to be cut out to own your own business because it is, it's way different than I thought it was going to be. I have to say it's a lot easier to work for somebody else, but always just check in with yourself and, and think about why you're doing it again. Go back to the folder that you're keeping of all the, the positive things in the lives that you're changing and reflect on that and those low times. Just, mm-hmm. I think it's just, and also not attaching your self-worth completely to your business. Remember that like I have two kids and I'm married and I feel like I do a decent job at being a mom. So like (laughs) that's something totally separate than my business. And I'm a really good friend and I have other passions that I like to do that are not related to my business. So Mm -hmm. kind of keeping them separate a little bit. So you're not, you're not just putting all your self-worth into your success of your business. Yeah. And it's really hard to do that as well. So if you feel like you're in the place where you are kind of taking things a little bit personally, it's okay to be there. But like you mentioned, like find this grounding place for you. Like you are not your business. You could have a business today. You don't need it tomorrow. You could Mm -hmm. go work for somebody else. You could start an entirely new business. Like you have to have these different elements that bring you back to that solid foundation that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about they do talk about that roller coaster that Mm -hmm. i feel like we all go on at the beginning but when you do develop those tactics of how to get yourself more steady bring yourself back to baseline be like okay this is not about me this is about this is about other people i think Mm -hmm. shifting that focus helps you a lot emotionally kind of grow through the process and it helps you in other aspects of your life as well because when you can can find that stability in business with the yeses and the nos and the things that don't work and then the things that do work really really well and all those things you can find yourself in other places of your life being like okay that thing didn't work out but that's okay because I can figure it out and I have Mm -hmm. all of this proof from other things that I've done 
I did the hard workout. I showed up and I had fun at something I didn't think I would have any fun at. And it's like, okay, how can that translate into business, into raising children, into being mm-hmm. a wife, into like all of these things? And I think it just can be very, very exciting. So I love that you got such good advice. Now I, <laughs> I think we learn sometimes even more from the bad advice that we get. So what was the worst piece of business Uh, advice that you've ever gotten? (laughs) Um, Probably, uh, I mean, it's such a little piece of advice, but um, that I should be, like, I have to be on TikTok. Like, Mm -hmm. you, I have to create a TikTok account. Like, you have to. Like, if you don't, there's no one's going to ever find out about you if you're not on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I did try to like scrap together an account, but then I wasn't doing anything with it and it wasn't helping me. So then I realized that like, for me, that's not, I'm not putting the time into it. It's not going to work unless I do something with it. I don't really think it's my demographic that much anyway. Mm-hmm. So like not, I guess I, that kind of is like a twofold lesson is that I don't have to be on TikTok to be successful, <laughs> but I also don't have to take the advice from every single person and take it as like, truth. Like mm-hmm. I think once you start getting going with your business, you can kind of filter through it and take what you want. Yes. That in that person's opinion, maybe that's true for them, but it's not necessarily true for everyone. So just, just take, listen to everyone around you, but only take what you want, like yes. be open-minded, but then have enough confidence to realize, like, I don't know if that really works for me and be yes. okay with that having the confidence to take the path that's right for you and right Mm -hmm. for your clients that have to information. It does make you feel like you have to like, Oh my gosh, they said I have to be on this platform, post this many times and do these dances. And like, you feel like you have to, and there's so much information out there and it's their marketing that they're trying to sell something. So they're telling you, you need this thing. And It's like you said, growing the confidence to be like, okay, I don't necessarily need that. There are some businesses that thrive on TikTok, some that thrive on Mm -hmm. Instagram, some that thrive with no social media at all. And it's just referral base. None of them are wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just that you can thrive in different spaces Mm -hmm. and being confident to know I'm not failing because like I don't have a hugely successful TikTok. Like you, you can be very successful in your own way, and you don't have to do it the way you see everybody else doing it, or one specific person who maybe you even look up to. They might have a completely different business model. They might speak to completely different people. Mm-hmm. You can try it, and if it works, that's awesome. And if it doesn't work, that's still great information for you to know. That mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't have to be there. Let me do it this other way that's working so well for me. And let me double down and do things that I enjoy. So mm-hmm. I think that that's so brilliant. So Carly, where can people find you to connect with you and potentially work with you? Um, so my website is fitfuncarly.com. Um, and then you can reach me by email, Carly at fitfuncarly.com. And then on Instagram at Fit Fun Carly. So just remember Fit Fun Carly and you can find me everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and the links will be below in the description. So go ahead and send her an email, connect with her, and have some fun working mm-hmm. out. Because that sounds yes. like a great time to me. But thank you so much for hanging <laughs> out with you. us today. Thanks, Leslie.